When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, drive car of the year. Welcome to Sports Day. Great to have your company. Uh, me, Carl Langdon, and Will Schofield with you tonight. Will, how are you going? Good, Carl. Good to be with you. Uh, just having a look at the cricket matches that have been played. Uh, earlier, it was South Africa, 5 for 205. Rousseau makes 109 or 56 to Cock, 63 or 38. Bangladesh, all out for 101. That was done and dusted. And, well, India, uh, 2 for 179 at uh, the SCG off their 20 overs. And in reply... The Netherlands, 17 overs down, 7 for 96. Well, I know it's just against the Netherlands, but Virat Kohli is in some form and scary form. So South Africa, again, beat Bangladesh. Okay, that's fine. But India, they're looking very, very good. A lot better than Australia, to be honest. I went down and watched the game at Optus Stadium. Wasn't that impressed, Carl, to be honest, against Sri Lanka? They were lucky to win it, weren't they? They were. And, and look, uh, spoke to Skeet last night. I was so unimpressed with uh, Finch in the field and then with the bat. I mean, he hit 1-6. That was the only ball I think he hit out of, out of the middle of the bat all night. He, he's just sadly way out of touch. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I will be blatantly honest. And there, there wasn't a big crowd there. And I know this is a little bit past, but but I was there. There was 25,000 people there. Tuesday night, 7pm kickoff. I took my four-year-old. Don't know if that's good parenting or not, Carl. Taking the four-year-old to the cricket after dinner time on a no, school it's a night. World Cup. Correct. So I thought I would go down and watch. And from what I saw from the Australians, and we'll, you know, we'll see how they bounce back against uh, the English team, but they just looked a bit lackadaisical in the field. I saw multiple fielding errors. I th- you know, the bowling I thought was subpar. Pat Cummins comes and gets over 20 hit off him in the last over. You're not going to beat a good side like that. Sri Lanka have had to come through the qualifying stages to get to the Super 12. The way Australia's going right now, I don't, I don't see them challenging in India or a South Africa. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're that good at the moment. Well, uh, from reflecting back to the game that you went to, um, if it wasn't for Stoinis, they probably don't win. Yeah, correct. Right? And, and, and But it looked that way. The way they played in that innings, you know, Sri Lanka just sort of did what they wanted. In Australia, there wasn't much fight and there wasn't really much to go against them. So, yeah, I, I would think to, to be any sort of chance in this, you know, in this, in this trophy, Australia will need to tr- change the way they play. Now, Matthew uh, Wade was meant to join us last night here on the program. Yes, uh, I heard that. And then, unfortunately... Wasn't he meant to join us again tonight? He was crook. Well, oh, no. I rang this morning, and then uh, I, I, I got told that he was still crook. Um, but in the, end, in the end, COVID has struck. Uh, now, there's been some, some vision that has uh, actually seen that... Maxwell has taken the gloves. Glenn Maxwell. David Warner is a bloke that is capable, but my understanding is, is that if, uh, Wade isn't able to take his place in the team, 
that a replacement keeper can come in. So surely someone like an Alex Carey, who's pretty capable in short-form cricket, comes into the site, or do they just go with a Maxwell or a Warner? Yeah, I, I just twenty twenty. You got twenty overs. I don't think uh, wicket keeping is that important in the short form of the game. I mean, really, um, d- does it does it really matter who's standing behind the stumps? It's not a a test match where you have um, you know one hundred and twenty overs being bowled, and you, you, it's a it's an absolute marathon behind the stumps. Twenty overs, very minimal spin, very minimal movement. There might be a couple of catches that come off the bat. I think they just roll with whoever they have and roll into the game without a specialist keeper, and they're just going to have to do that. All right. Well, we'll wait and see. One double three eight eighty two is our number. Now, Will, uh, the other talkback uh, topic that I'd like to throw out there to our audience tonight, uh, thanks to KO, watch the T20 World Cup with KO Sports. Jimmy Bartell, he's great at the game. We've had Brad Scott go back into the coaching ranks. And we've got a scenario where there's a number of options being considered for the bench for 2023. Now, one of those options is to keep it as it is. Uh, another of the options is to extend it to a five-man bench. Right. So at, just holus bolus, allow five to play. As it is, is four on the bench and a medi sub. Correct. Next option is five on the bench. Correct. And the third option is a return to the model that was utilised between 2011 and 2015. So that's four on the bench plus a sub, which can be used for anything. Yeah, so... Doesn't matter. Uh, 2015 grand final we played, Matt Rosa was the sub. Hmm. He got brought in into the last quarter. You could use them however you like. If you had an injury, use them. If you thought... Um, taking a ruckman off the ground or a slow fullback like Schofield off the ground, putting Matt Rosa a running wingman on the ground was a good idea, you'd do that. What, what do you think? Um, I've always been, and for those that have listened to this program, I've been an advocate for I hate rotations. Absolutely do my head in. Can't understand why a bloke kicks a goal and runs yes, off the Carl. field. Yes, I've worked with You've you. sat with me for long yes. enough already. It's not a thing. I'll right? No, no. It, it, no, it, I don't agree with you. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yes. You, you, we're entitled to our opinions. Yes. But for me, I'm a I'm a come off stay off scenario. If you're not injured, you stay on the field. If you need a rest, you go to the forward pocket. If coaches want to wear their players out by rolling them up and down the field, change your tactics. Then make a bloke stay at home. Don't make him run as far. I, I think that for me, that's what I'd rather see because I'd rather see the best players in the game for longer. So what does that mean for the bench though? So you want to see less rotations, but what, what system do you want on the bench? So I want to see a system that is similar to rugby and soccer where if you want to take a guy out of the game. Right. Substitute. If they're not playing. Yeah. If they're not playing well. And this might be at half time. If you're not playing well, well, bad luck. Like it used to be for me, mate. Come off splinters. Sit on the rest of the, sit on the bench. And mate, if the bloke that replaces you plays well, you're not coming back on. So. I could not disagree with you more. Uh, that, that is, that is su- such an old school view. The game has changed so much more uh, than when you were playing back in the early 60s, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like no, genuinely, like you, you can't have substitutions anymore. The way the game is played now for players, mm-hmm. you have to have an interchange bench. Why? Because that's how the game is played. But it's, tell, it's, tell, it's high, higher running. Right. You will have more injuries if you don't if you don't get players on and off the ground. Yeah. Players can't run at the speeds that they'll continue to run at right. without interchange bench. Mm-hmm. You can't have just substitutions. 
You'll, you'll have blokes just walking around doing nothing. It won't be, it won't be good to watch. I know everyone wants to say, oh, let's go back there to the There was good. nothing wrong with the game yeah, that I, people used to watch. When I think I was there was. Playing. I think there was, mate. Well, what, uh, if you go what? back and watch the tapes, yeah, fantastic I, I, memories. I watched it. Yeah. Last yeah, week. This morning. <laughs> Seriously. If you go back and watch, it's okay. It's, it's a different type of footy, but people these days wouldn't enjoy the footy. And if we're going to go back to that one-on-one footy, kick it long down the line, every kick you get, just bang it on the boot. That's how you used to play, Carl. That's not how it's played anymore. And I think, I think it's going to go to a five-man interchange. Does everyone agree? One double three eight eighty two. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on the back of that. Uh, now, the other uh, little target that's happening, Live Golf, right? Mm. Live Golf, target the best players in the world. Yes. IPL franchises, right? Now... The IPL owners have spread their wings. So there are franchises that own teams in the Caribbean League, in the Abu Dhabi League, and in the soon-to-be uh, promoted and expanded American League. Right. So Indian we're in investors. Cricket. We're in cricket. We're in cricket now. Right. I've switched to the... Thank you. Yeah, you know, we're, we're summer, right? It's a mm. World Cup on. Um there's been approaches made, reportedly, as reported by In The Age this morning, to Australian players. $5 million. So Pat Cummins, for example, is the highest paid Australian player at about $2.5 million. Right. Now, if, if you could just be a short-form cricketer, so you do away with test cricket, you do away with national representation, you're a gun for hire. Yep. You go and play in India under the IPL franchise. Yep. So just let's just say it's the Cold Cutter Knight Riders, for example. They own a franchise in the Caribbean Premier League. You go and play there, T20 cricket. You head across to Abu Dhabi, you play in their league, T20 cricket. You head to the USA, you play in their league, T20 cricket. Yep. $5 million. How's that sound? See you later. $5 million. bucks. <laughs> Seriously. And you could, you could almost put it in an AFL you know, perspective. I know mm. this is a cricket thing, but... If, if, if my career, a short form of the game had have come to fruition towards the back end, and they had have said you can go to America to help grow the game there, play a, you know, a five minute quarter game and it's a 20, 25 minute game, see you later. Uh, uh, take me to Texas, Austin, Austin All Stars, Will Scofield at centre half back. That's where I would be. I, I mean, the, the sports, sports people are in the game. To, to make money, it is a job. Uh, yeah, they do it for the love of the game. They've got loyalty. Um, it's important to be, you know, um, respectful of everything in around the league. But in the end, it's a job for these players. So get going. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, well, I'll ask the listeners. one okay. three eight eighty two. Join in. We'll get to your call straight after this. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Welcome back. As we head to the phones, so Robin Girawine off air disagrees with Will. Footy way bad <laughs> back in my day. Well, that's okay. Now, we need people to ring up. We'd love to hear your voices. Let's head to Richard in Vic Park. G'day, Richard. Yeah, g'day, Carl. I disagree with Will. I think the modern game is boring. I think when you see 30 blokes around a footy, it's unattractive. And give me the footies of the late 80s and 90s any day of the week, mate. Any oh, day I mean, of the week. It, it, if people tell me today's footy is a, if people tell me today that today's footy is attractive, I, I just don't go it. I, I respect that you've played in the premiership and you're a modern day fella, but it's just not better. It, it's just not better. 
I've I've watched. I certainly didn't watch it live like you would have been able to, Richard. But I've watched back the tapes. I'm a footy nuffy. I love I love footy, and I've watched footy back in the 80s and 90s. It's a different game. Uh, yes, it's. Uh, I, I guess there's not as much defensive tactics as there are in today's game. But what I used to, you know, what I've seen of footy back in the day was just get it and kick it. It wasn't a skillful game. I've got to be honest. So you think the 1989 grand final wasn't a skillful game? And yeah, that's correct. And when the Eagles won the flag in 92 and 94, weren't skillful games of footy compared to Sydney and the Eagles, two years running, where they couldn't hit 20 goals between them? And yeah, it I'd, just I'd... doesn't stack up, mate. There was no defence. That's why. That's why there was. That's why eighty nine was such a great game. There was. There was full forwards kicking goals because there was no one defending. It was one on one inside fifty. And and how great's that? It's just a different game though. That doesn't mean it was skillful because it was high scoring. That means it was high scoring. That's not skillful. That the the players' skill these days is that much more than back in the day. It's not even funny, Richard. You've got to remember, Richard, that Scoey was only born in nineteen eighty nine, and he was still wearing nappies in nineteen ninety two. But um, the thing is, is that, see, I don't like players running around on their own guarding space. I don't like zone defence. That's fine. That's nothing to do with skill, though, Carl. I understand. But a lot of the game these days is so much more reliant on turnover. And I think that with the contest that used to exist, which doesn't, it does in some cases, like we, we have seen it in key position um, posts, but with players rolling up and down the field, this is where, say, the older people who are going to be tuned into this program tonight and listen to this radio station aren't overly a fay with the game, the modern game that's played but, today but because they would rather though. see this, the field spread out. And I, I agree with you. I liked back in the day and I like now. It's just different. It is different. But but why is the game trying to spread the field? Why is the game making 6-6-6 six, six and six at the start? Of, of saying because new of congestion. Because of congestion. Yeah, so they're trying to spread the game back out. Yeah. Now, now this is my point around, say, the interchange. For me, the game doesn't need to be sped up anymore. We've got professional players. So, so when I was playing, I was working in the Commonwealth Bank, training before work, after work, and playing on weekends. Yes. It's now professional. Yes. So the players have a lot more time to work on their body and skill. And their skill and the video and everything else that goes with it these days to justify everyone's jobs, right? Mm. So so that all happens. But for me, I still think that they're fit enough and well-equipped enough to stay on the field for longer, which is why then from a strategic perspective, I, I would like to see a bench of eight, right? And then a little bit more strategy comes in. So if you get some, if you're too tired because you've been on the ball all day and you've got a quarter to go and you're looking at from a medical perspective at one of your leading midfielders and say, well, he's he's corked, but he's got us into this position, then take him off. I'd rather see that than see what we've got at the moment, which I don't get, particularly when the game's been going for very few minutes. The players haven't worked that hard. They've kicked a goal, but there's this sports science methodology that says, this is the biggest break he's going to get. He needs to come off. You've kicked a goal. Yeah, I'd go and get in the face of my opposition player. Yeah, but I'd be into you, Will, I and I'd go, would, no. <laughs> there you go. They, they don't they do stop it. me now. They do it. There's nothing to do with it. They, they need to get rotation started because they want to get through their rotations. And and it, it, it plays into exactly what you're saying, though, Carl. We've got right. some callers today, Carl. Yeah, we have. Uh, let's go to Muzz. Hello, mate. 
Evening, boys. Great show as usual. Got a few points to touch on here, boys. Um, like I think we touched on before, Bill, it's like, yeah, keep it simple. See ball, get ball, kick ball, you know? Um, as far as players' fitness goes, with the fitness levels these days, what they're going through, they shouldn't be running out of puff and being tired and whatever. They should be fit enough to run the whole game out, like, you know? And, um, and I think what's happened with, uh, with Pat the Rat Cummins, you, you've had sandpaper gate in the past. Um, what I've got you now, mate, this is the karma coming around from on a quite Langer gate. It's, it's getting them, mate. It's finally coming to home roost to them. That's why they're not playing well, and why Pat probably not performed well either. And with a linter, well, he had words to say about that. Well, that's a linter gate, you know. What do you think, boys? And Mark Well wants him dropped too. Yes. Well, on the fitness side of things, Mazzaro, correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, Carl. I know you didn't have GPSs back in the day, but I don't think anyone would have been running 18 kilometres in the game. Where GPSs, they just weren't attached to our bodies. <laughs> what are we doing with them? <laughs> <laughs> right, so I think, again, that just plays into the fact that the game has changed and to say that the players shouldn't, should be fit enough to run out games, well, the game's different. So you've got to be able to run further and some guys can't do it. That's why there's still elite runners and there's guys that aren't as fit and there's a difference between the two. That's what makes the game great is some guys are better at running than others. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, I'm Pat the Rat, as as Muzzer would say, you know, that's why people aren't going to the cricket. I, I went to the cricket. Um, it was a Tuesday night. It was a 7 p.m. game here. It's World Cup. Great. I, I thought it was a bit boring. I, I don't I don't even know in the short form of the game if cricket is enjoyable. Well, I think the Sri Lankans actually made the atmosphere, right? They were great. And there was more there. Were, I, was I, there more there? Absolutely. Aussies? They were going, they had trumpets down there, the drums. I was very close to taking my four-year-old child and sitting in the middle of them. It looked great fun. <laughs> Change colours. Yes. Uh, let's go to Pete. Hello, Pete. Yeah, how you going, guys? Um, Good, Pete. Look, I, I'm going to declare straight up I'm a 65 model, so I'm, um, you know, I'm not a young fella. Fair but enough. I've got to agree with Scurry. The, the game, the speed of the game, the excitement, I, I love it. And um, if we go back in time, Carl, you used to run like you had flippers on. <laughs> and, the and, and the asset you were to the team was to yeah. elbow someone that was trying to get near you right in the noggin and they'd put them off their game for the rest of the game. So yeah. so I'm uh-huh. on Scully's side. I reckon the skill, the speed, stick with that. Yeah, well, yeah. when you're not that good, Pete, you have to try and do whatever you can that to is, make influence. Pete, that's as good as I've no, ever right. heard and from you Pete. You were good just in, just in different areas, yeah. In different areas, yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, I mean, Pete's, I know he says he agrees with me, but, it, you know, it sounds like he enjoyed footy back in the day too. Mm-hmm. But it was it was oh, different. I've always yeah. loved footy. It, it was different, wasn't it, Pete? I mean, you would agree with my, what I'm saying it's there is it's just a different yeah. type of enjoyment. It's evolved, a bit like we all do. Yep, very good, Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to yeah, evolve. Yeah, the players have taken the flippers off the feet now. That's that's about as good as I've heard from a from a caller, Carl. You had flippers on your feet when you used to play. Well, they used to. They actually say across the fence because you used to hear them, right? Yes. You nearly marked it because I nearly did sometimes, <laughs> and then yeah. Anyway, they can ring in. There's people out there that have got their opinions. Hello, very Sean. Good. G'day, fellas. Yeah, no, I, I I look at the NBA back in the nineties, and um, there was dominated by centres, it was really exciting, but I look at it now, the three points evolved, it's a positionless game and I love the NBA equally as much as I did back then. AFL, mate, you go back in time, Jakovic on Carey, you know, McIntosh on Lockett, that's what we loved. Current footy is crap, like the defence, the flooding and all that. (laughs) No one can compare and go, oh mate, it's better now than it was 30 years ago. Not a chance. It was way better back then. 
Did you enjoy Lance Franklin kicking his big bag of goals and the SCG getting flooded, uh, Sean? Oh, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him taking like way more than it took like Lockett and all those other guys. Like, I mean, he's the last of that era. And yeah, look, I liked it that he scored it, but you want to see man on man. You want to see that, you know, that, that style of play back then was, that's what, you know, you'd look in the paper on who's on who and you'd go to the games to see those one-on-one matchups, you know, um, you'd see the open, the open lines that just everything. It was, it was just a way better era of footy. I would argue that what Geelong's done this year is just the same. Hawkins and Cameron, two All-Australian forwards in that forward line, attacking footy, dominance out of the centre. You can't tell me that Geelong weren't enjoyable to watch this year. Oh, yeah, no, look, Geelong was still enjoyable to watch, but, mate, I want to see Modra, Lockett, Dunstall, Ablett. I want to see all these 100 goals a game scored. Um, You know, like, it was... You know, I want to see that style of play. I don't want to see, you know, all this flooding that Terry Wallace bloody, uh, you know, invented back in the late 90s and, you know, and Rodney Eade and all that. They they destroyed the game and it just got worse and worse from there. All right. Fair good enough, on you. Sean. Uh, thanks uh, for your chat, Sean. Scoey's comeback will be after the break. I'm sure Wonderful 3882. Uh, KO, don't risk missing all your team's matches of the T20 World Cup. Uh, nine for 123 that Netherlands ended up off their 20 overs. India winning by 56 runs after posting two for 179. Uh, so they joined South Africa as winners today. Five for 205. They made Bangladesh 101 in reply. 16.3 overs. They were bowled out for. Um, Blue Bets. Bet Slip integration is now available on the new and improved Same Race app. Gamble responsibly. 1800 858 858. More calls next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive Car of the Year. Uh, thanks to Blue Bet, uh, Bet integration is now available on the new and improved Same Racer app. Gamble responsibly. One eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. It has been revealed that Matty Wade has COVID. I did speculate that that may have been the case after he was crook on the return trip to Melbourne last night. He wasn't able to join us, and sadly that has been revealed. Uh, as to whether he is able to play, we'll wait and see. But um, Glenn Maxwell has been seen with the gloves on. Uh, David Warner is capable, but whether they pull someone from the outside will be interesting as we head to Luke in Coogee. G'day, Luke. Oh, hello. Now, can we please go back to the gladiators, like Dipper Domenico? You know, when they played a game, they played it from the start to the end. Okay? So it's nice to see that, oh, shit, he's ran half a metre. Oh, he's kicked a goal. Let's take him off. You know, why does it have to be so fast and all this crap? Just take it back and enjoy it. (laughs) Uh, I I, I certainly, I I am a little bit of tongue-in-cheek here, Carl, of course, but I can understand. Footy was great to watch the gladiators, as Luke put it, but um, it's it's just different now. That's just how, it's not going to be the same thing. Is it different, though? Or would you you be prepared, would you be prepared to uh, do a deal with me? Can we just have, can we just have a game where the guys don't come off? Unless. I'd love to say that. Yeah, I would, I would be curious to see what would happen to the standard. And so would I. Yeah, yeah. But we've never seen it, right? Because what happened, what happened was, is that all of a sudden this rotation thing happened. This was just instrumented by the coaches, right? Mick Malthouse was, was Well, it was really Colin, uh, it was Nisham started it. 
so water polo. So he started it. Connolly took it further. Right. And that was essentially where it sort of evolved from. And right. then it just got out of control. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's obviously been restricted back further and further and further to the point where it's been limited to the number that it is now. But I, I would personally like to see how it goes without it for a bit, which we've not had that experiment. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's something that I'd like to see in, in pre-season games to see actually how it works. Oh, I, I actually think it wouldn't change too much. The fitness of the players is is so different to when you were playing, Carl. I get it. Um, because, like you said, it, it's, it, wasn't full, yeah, it wasn't full-time back then, yeah. so you didn't have the time to put into it. Now all these players do, yeah, should be, work on their craft, and, and that is strength, and that is the mental side, but it's fitness. that I don't know if, you know, guys I've played with, I don't know if Andrew Gaff could get any fitter. Like, he's not running in the Olympics. There's, there's not much more fitness you can get. Um, if you use Paddy Cripps, I don't know if he could get any fitter. He's probably at his limit. So even if you bring no rotations in, I don't know how much it really changes. Well, some of the key defenders don't actually come off anyway. Do they? I didn't used to. No. Right. So there you go. Yeah. So if you have to stay on the field, then... Be fine. Wouldn't change at all. No. Hmm. Um, so it's it's really around that midfield mix, which are, are the blokes which that are spending... A bit of bit soft in there, some of those blokes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm with you. Leave them out there. <laughs> now you're coming Leave around. them in there. Um, back, to, back to cricket facing a live-style raid, yeah. um, which we spoke about off the top. It's something that... I think that from the early reports in the age this morning that's going to unfold uh, even more. Now, given that Pat Cummins, now he's our highest earner, he's our test captain, he's our uh, T20 captain, he may well become the one-day international, uh, sorry, he's our one-day international captain, not our T20 captain, and Finchie's probably going to bow out at the end of this tournament, you'd think. David Warner, Glenn Maxwell, marketable figures, IPL experience, well paid in that cricket league, being approached to actually go into each and every one of these other tournaments. Now, I know we were both a little bit flippant around this scenario, but given the tie that Australian cricket has had and the prestige in which it's been held and wearing the baggy green and representing your country, and do you think that that might, may well, given the scenario that's unfolding, because these young guys, you know, the opportunity that didn't exist now exists to go and do it what do you think are, are you saying that if uh, some of these players go and play in these uh, rogue leagues uh, i'm using rogue but may, that may not be the right word but uh, are they not going to be able to represent their yes country? turn their backs on international cricket in favor of playing in franchise deals i i just think that um similar to some of these golfers you get a way up where your future lies if you if you don't see yourself playing on the tour like in golf go and make your money for cricket then there might be guys that think, well, you know what, I've I've given my service to my country, and and you know some of the interest in the game, it may not be in international cricket. It might be these shorter form, to, you know, tournaments. I certainly would love to go and watch some of these short form stuff if there was a, you know, something like that in Australia. Which of course is the BBL, and that's been going around for a you know fair while now. I say go make your money. Go for it, players. Mm. And and I think they will. Uh, if you consider that the places they can go right now, they can play here, they oh. can go to India, they can go to 
the uh, Caribbean League. They can head to Abu Dhabi. Now the United States, it's just going to get bigger and better from here. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's too many arguments that you can say that you shouldn't do it. Now, I had AJ Ty over on Backchat um, on our review preview show we were doing, and, and he's done that. Um, he was meant to go to the T10 tournament in the UAE, and he was disallowed, actually, Carl, because he wasn't a current international player. Uh, mm. They disallowed him to be a substitute in, but he's one of those guys that goes around and he's a death bowler, and that's what he should do. Yeah, well, David Warner, he uh, wanted to go and get permission to play in the UAE League, which overlapped with the Big Bash. Essentially, it overcame Sydney Thunder, and he signed, and he stayed, and he played. Uh, thanks to Barbecue Galore. Go to iCanWin.com.au. A Ziggy by Ziggler and Brown is up for grabs there. iCanWin.com.au. We're going to clear a commitment, and David Templeman, hopefully, will be ringing us, and we'll have a chat to him next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Fantastic to have your company. 133-882 is our number. We're here thanks to Kia, Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage cars of the year. And our West Australian government have sent a posse of people across to the East Coast to have a meeting face-to-face with those that make the important decisions about having our national hockey program kept here in Western Australia, maybe even moving the headquarters from Victoria to Western Australia. Sounds like a good idea to me, and it's fantastic to have the sport and recreation Minister David Templeman joining us here on the program. David, welcome to Sports Day. How are you going, mate? Uh, good day, Carl and Will. It's good to join you in a very important issue for Western Australian hockey and for Western Australia more broadly, mate. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now, you led the delegation of uh, hockey representatives from Western Australia. How did those conversations go? Look, it was. Uh, look, we've put a lot of work into this bid, uh, um, Carl and Will, and... Uh, uh, it highlights how important we see Western Australia as being and continuing as the uh, uh, the place where our elite uh, hockey athletes are uh, trained uh, and supported going forward. So we went across last Thursday morning, presented to Hockey Australia. They make the decision. Um, but I can tell you that we put forward a very, very, very strong case why it should stay in WA. $135 million centrepiece, which uh, delivers uh, huge changes to the existing facility, additional pitches, additional training facilities and uh, indoor hockey centre, uh, all pitched towards uh, highlighting just why Perth and WA should retain uh, the hockey high-performance uh, centre in, uh, in going forward. It's a $135 million plan to keep Perth the home of, of hockey. Uh, hockey Australia's head office and the high-performance program would have the opportunity to work side-by-side. It would be the first sport um, in Australian history where both of those are in Western Australia. I mean, that must be a massive drawcard, not only for the sport of hockey, but for the government as well, David. Well, look, well the, the, the key thing for me is this. We have a track record. I mean, since in the nearly 40 years that hockey's been uh, uh, here uh, in its elite form, uh, the state of Western Australia is, has the highest participation of hockey. It's got a long history in, in terms of the, the code. Uh, and we have delivered. We've delivered high-class uh, and very successful men's and women's teams over that 40-year peri- 40 period. Uh, the... Um, fact that we are aligned now, of course, to our Asian uh, neighbours, 
the fact that hockey continues to uh, grow in those nations, the fact that Perth is the most livable city for young people and for uh, people who are seeking a career in, and a, a career path in elite sport. Um, we just believe very strongly uh, that Western Australia, Perth in particular, has everything and more for this to be, continue here. And I did say in Parliament today, in a, in a question to me, that I think it's also important to look at the, the, the national sporting narrative. This is the only high-performance, Olympic high-performance program uh, in Western Australia. There are no others. All of the other Olympic sport, uh, uh, sport training, uh, high-performance training centres are effectively located on the eastern seaboard. Uh, I think for the narrative, the national narrative, uh, it's important that Perth is, uh, is maintained and there's no reason why it shouldn't because of our track record. David, just for those that uh, maybe haven't uh, actually caught up on the story today, which uh, was uh, out nice and early this morning, and I've had a chat uh, about it with Gareth Parker on breakfast this morning, but what it will include is um, a fantastic uh, three uh, brand spanking new hockey pitches, a specialist training facility, an indoor hockey centre. Um, and, look, when it comes to, say, moving the headquarters from Victoria to Western Australia, which is something which Will has just asked you about. Is is that something that you think is uh, is achievable? Is that going to be part of the deal, you think, for the game to progress here in this country? Look, that's on offer, and ultimately Hockey Australia may or may not decide that that's in their best interest, but the reality is we want to win this centre. We want to make sure the centre stays here. Uh, we want to make sure that we continue to support our elite hockey athletes uh, in the program, the high-quality program that is delivered and has been delivered now for nearly four decades, but also that we want to obviously transform the sport through uh, what we uh, have put on the table. The $135 million is transformational. And really, I've got to say, I, I can't see any reason why Hockey Australia would not see this as being such a huge opportunity for the code going forward um, because we know that our bid is, is exceptional. Uh, it's focused on athlete wellbeing and support. Uh, we know that we have strong corporate support here and opportunities here. Many of the, uh, the players that are, of course, based here in, in Perth uh, have uh, careers that they and, and careers that they're pursuing uh, in various uh, industries, including uh, uh, mining. Uh, and we know that many of them, of course, also access our high-quality education facilities, including those uh, at Curtin, where the centre is is currently located. So, all of these ingredients mean that uh, uh, we want to see uh, this sport transformed. This proposal does that, and it will be huge for. Australia. The fact of the matter is, we recognise we've got to deliver the, the code, uh, the code's aspirations Australia-wide, but it's going to happen in Perth, and so it should be because we've got a track record of and having done that. Yeah, look, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Now, look, now a bulk of the players come from the East Coast. Uh, they're the ones that have been quite outspoken. They're the ones that predominantly have been saying, well, we need to be close to the family. We've got um, situations where our mental health is going to be affected if that doesn't happen. Some suggesting that Queensland should have been the place where it should be for 2032 ahead of the Olympic Games. New South Wales, also popular, but already ruled out. So it's between yourselves, Victoria, and the ACT. What do you say to those people? Because, you know... 
like, um, you know, I've got Will Schofield with me tonight. He was a Victorian boy who's made his life here at home. We're going to have a chat to some sports people like uh, Lene Milan, who plays hockey, and I'm not sure what she's going to say, but she's a girl from South Africa strutting her stuff with the Thundersticks right now. What do you say to those people who have been pushing to move it back to the East Coast or, in fact, take it to the East Coast? Uh, look... That, that, that argument's been rolled out uh, many a time, but the fact of the matter, and Carl, you'd know this as having been a, a, a sports, sportsman who's travelled to and from Perth for your, for your former uh, career, uh, the reality is uh, high-profile elite sports, men and women, travel. It's the nature of the business. It's the nature of what they do. Uh, and uh, where they train has to be the best facilities, the best opportunities there. We've got them. So uh, I'm not too, you know, the fact of the matter is West Australians themselves have travelled extensively uh, in elite athletes and uh, travel is nothing uh, that is special for, for, for lots of elite athletes. They do it constantly. It's part of their job. We reckon that Perth is best placed Great, uh, great weather, great uh, lifestyle, uh, great opportunities for education, great opportunities for them to um, uh, to uh, have uh, a fantastic uh, supported lifestyle here. And no matter where they might come from in Australia, they'll not only be welcomed, but they'll be strongly supported. And I, I just think it's a furphy, that argument that, you know, it's too far away or whatever. The modern world sees people moving all the time. We've got a very mobile population in Australia. We just happen to think that the best place for hockey remains Perth. Thank you very much for your time tonight, David. Good to join both of you. Thanks very much. Good on you, David Templeman Mayor, our Sport and Recreation Minister. 133882 is our number here on Sports Day. Nice to have your company. We'll clear a commitment, come back and tell you what's coming up after the 7 o'clock news next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company. And we are about to see the match get underway here at Perth Stadium. And, of course, we have already seen a couple of games unfold tonight in the T20 World Cup. Pakistan and Zimbabwe playing here at Perth Stadium. South Africa, too good for Bangladesh. They made 5 for 205. Bangladesh, 101 in reply. Um, Rousseau was the star. 109 of 56 balls. And a short time ago, it was... India. Uh, too good for the Netherlands. So looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. Uh, out of the news that's coming up next here on 882 6PR, we are going to have a chat to Stacey Marinkovic. It was absolutely magnificent last night to see the way that uh, they got behind Danielle Wallum. Uh, a fantastic finish and we'll find out exactly how the girls have pulled up after that contest to Sean Thomas from our Perth Wildcats Sam Whiteman as the boys start their Sheffield Shield clash on Monday against Queenslanders sitting above them on the Sheffield Shield table but right now it is time for the 882 7 o'clock news Sports Day for Kia the Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year Nice to have your company here on Sports Day. And last night we're sitting in the studio, we're watching the TV and it all unfolds in front of our eyes. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, it's the Diamonds playing the English Roses in the netball. It's a tight contest. It's 54 all and just before the buzzer. 
a young lady on debut by the name of Danelle Wallam nails the winner. It was unbelievable. The coach joins us, Stacey Marinkovic. Stace, that's pretty much how it was. How are you? Yeah, going well. Yeah, you can't can't script those moments. Uh, it's certainly one that will be replayed for a very long time to come. Stacey, who was the player that intercepted the ball in the first place? It was a great read. Yeah, that was Kate Maloney, and speaking to her after the game, she just pretty said, I knew I had to go, and I was just going to go straight for it. And, you know, it worked out that she had the speed and, and obviously the decision-making to get get the angle, get the tip, and get it going quickly down the other end. Do the girls know how long's left? Like, did, did everyone on the court know it's not long left, you know, ticking clock, we've got to get something done? Yeah, I think, well, certainly our defenders did because they stayed up the up the court and, um, you know, obviously England were trying to rush the ball and, and just, uh, you know, launched a, a good outlet and, you know, that's where our defenders were sitting at the time. So it was one of those moments and then I guess they were out of position which gave us a clear run um, with some free players and then obviously Danelle saw a, an open baseline and, and with her skill set she decided to, to take the layup which... um isn't isn't uh, common for most shooters, but certainly one that's a, a skill she's got. A giant stride, and then she just rolled it <laughs> off the fingertips. I mean, it was lovely, wasn't it? As you were watching from the sideline, what were you thinking? What just happened? Um, <laughs> it was one of those things. We were when we're watching it, we're going, "What are you doing out there? Like post up, get under the post." Um, and going, oh, my God, she's not going to shoot it from there. And then, obviously, just saw her take the leap and just went, well, that's uh, that's all on her. It was her skill. It certainly wasn't a, a coaching moment and, and one that obviously uh, worked very much to our favour. Given the week, Stacey, that's gone on, the sponsorship being pulled and, and the fact that Donald Wallam has, has been um, central to, I guess, what's happened uh, as a team, um, could you have scripted it much better than actually how that played out on the court? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I think, you know, there's there's times where you, you see the culture of our group and how strong it actually is, is that, you know, people can come out on the court, they're backed and supported and they're empowered with their skill set to, to attack the game. And, you know, we've had now, I think it's four debuts out there and, um, you know, to, to have players stepping out there for the first time. And then, um, you know, a lot of them are coming in in clutch moments as well. So it's not the easiest time to enter games, but they're, they're embracing it. I think the biggest and, for me, the strongest message was sent after the buzzer went and the way that the rest of uh, the team embraced her because they knew how emotional that moment was for her. And she's come out and said that it had been the toughest few weeks of her life, but the way that the, the team reacted was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. Like, There's just so much support for one another and, you know, they've really you know, brought all their focus to what they love to do out on the court. And when you see someone achieve um, to, you know, um, achieve their dream of representing the country, um, you know, it was it was all captured in, in one moment. And um, just the elation that the crowd was huge. Um, you had, you know, fans there because they love the sport. So it just... It just was a really nice moment to, to be able to, you know, block out all the external noise and go, this is what we love. And, and you know, to see the girls rally around each other, that's what they, they'll continue to do.
From a, from a, uh, a performance point of view, Stacey, game two is coming up on Sunday. It's obviously a big moment emotionally for the group. H- how do you, as a coach, get them back on task to win? Because that, that pe- people have forgotten, I think, a little bit with the rhetoric that's been running around a couple of weeks. Uh, the team's there to, to win or lose if you don't play well enough. So how do you win on Sunday? Yeah, I think that well, that's my, my, been my main job for the last two weeks is we've got a, we've got a job to do. It's, it's to, you know, get the focus around performance and the things that really drive, um, those behaviours out on court. So, you know, we've got a fair bit of growth that we've got to take from that last game. Whilst we got the win, we didn't do it in a pretty way. Um, it was a really grind out game. We, we had a few errors. Um, we weren't. Um, you know, as intent and aggressive in our defence. Um, so it was a bit of a flat game, but, you know, to be able to still get the results shows great character. And, you know, that's the thing. They know that we didn't play well. We, we didn't hit the measures that we would rate our performance on, and um, we know we've got to improve. England are a very seasoned team. Uh, they've made a couple of changes, but uh, for the most part, you would have had a pretty good look at them. Probably surprised at uh, what they delivered up the other night. Did they did they come out a little bit uh, better than what you thought they might have been? Um, I think they're they're definitely blooding some new players, but also you can see that some of the players that were at the Commonwealth Games um, are growing more and more each time with their experience. So they're they're getting better connections out on court. They've certainly got. Um, a huge amount of experience in their shooting end, and, and now they're really blooding some youth in their in their defence end. And I think there was a, a defender, Fumi, that came on. Um, she's not particularly tall, but she's got absolute hops, and she got some critical ball for them. So we hadn't seen her play um, live, um, I guess. So you know, we'll take lessons from that and, and make sure that we place the ball better and, and understand the skill sets we're coming up against. I've got to ask again, Stacey. I know it was finished by an attacker, but how did the defenders play? Surely the defenders kept you in the game. Uh, I just gone. Well, as I said, Kate, Kate Maloney came up with the, the winning ball at the end, so the defenders certainly contribute to, to the end performance. Hey, hey <laughs> hang on. There's no goal to be scored if the defender doesn't do what she does there, Stacey. I, I'm going to drive this home. You need defence to win premierships, I'm telling you. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a mixture. Um, you know, it's full team defence and full team attack. So you've got to play both roles. Very good. Schofield uh, is just making his moments here, Stace. Uh, yeah. We know that we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago. Bike that got one Brownlow vote in his career, but uh, uh, he did, uh, when we reflect back to that 2018 grand final, he stopped still Sidebottom from scoring at an important moment. So uh, looking forward to the next couple of games, Stace. Uh, it'll be uh, fantastic to see that second test get underway before that uh, final match up there in Brisbane. Uh, good luck up in Sydney. Take care. Thanks for the chat. Excellent. Thank you. Good on you, Stacey Maringovic joining us, our Diamonds coach, and it is all thanks to Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Back soon. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Fantastic to have your company. Get behind our Perth Wildcats this season. You head to tickertech.com.au right now and tomorrow night. The Wildcats host the South East Melbourne Phoenix. They want to get back on the winner's board after dropping their last two games. Match gets underway at 6.30. There is some tickets available, so get behind the team. And Tashawn Thomas joins us from the Wildcats right now. G'day, Tashawn. Welcome to Sports Day. How are you going, mate? Everything's good, man. Just ready for tomorrow. 
How's the build-up been? Uh, really disappointing in that last game. We've had a chat to a couple of, y- of your teammates, and I'm sure that there is a real steely resolve to get back into the winner's circle, right? Yes, of course. You know, everybody was very upset with how, you know, how we played last game, and, you know, everybody's been kind of talking about it coming into this game. So I feel like I'm just excited to see, you know, how, how we worked out this week and how it's going to show up in the game tomorrow. What do you think uh, will be the main factors to Sean that you spoke a bit about identity post the, the loss? Um, what, what are those factors that you guys are going to be bringing on the weekend that you think identifies the Wildcats? I think the biggest thing is our intensity. You know, I feel like, um, you know, if we sit down and kind of break down like our team, we're, we kind of cover a lot of things that, you know, Coach JR wanted, like, you know, with uh, being – you know, tangible and being able to, like, you know, and do what he wants us to do. But I feel like if we don't bring any energy, none of that matters. So I feel like the biggest thing is just finding a, a spark early and, and, like, trying to just ride that wave throughout the game. You've played across uh, multiple leagues, multiple teams. Is that effort and energy uh, something that doesn't change in, in things you have to bring to, to play good basketball? Uh, yes, I, I definitely think that uh, it's like a no matter where you play at, it's something that's you know that's it's something that everybody needs in order to you know be be good you know so it's just a it's, a, it's just harder it's easy it's a lot easier said than done to actually you know bring it out there but you know that's our job to actually find it and, and get the job done so that's you know the big that's definitely a big part of everything. What do you make of the standard, mate, given that you have played professionally in Germany, Italy, Israel, France, just to mention a few? Uh, what do you make of uh, the Australian League, given you've had a, only a small taste of it so, so far? I like it. I like it so far. I like the speed of it. You know, I like the freedom that, uh, you know, your play, the players here get to play, like, to their style. Like, kind of doesn't really matter your position. We still get – if you can shoot, they'll let you shoot. And if you can dribble the ball, they'll let you do whatever. So I, I like the fact that, you know – you get your freedom and like the others like the, the talent throughout, you know, the talent throughout is like anybody can win a game any night. So it's never really like you're going into a game feeling like, you know, it's going to be a blowout. It can, I mean, it's, it's, it's up, up in the air every, every night. How, how was your time in Israel um, to Sean? Did you enjoy living and playing basketball there? Uh, yes, I did. You know, uh, I, that was, I spent a lot of time. My wife was with me a lot of that time that I was there. So I wasn't really alone. So uh, that helped out a lot, you know, just being, having her with me and, you know, just helped me stay focused on the game and everything. But, you know, I, I enjoyed Israel. It was, it was a pretty good four-year run that I was there. Is this the first time you've been down under to Australia? Yes, this is my first time. And it's kind of it's kind of new to me, but, you know, I'm adjusting well. The team is helping me out pretty good. And, you know, I'm just liking, I'm just loving it right now. The beach is or beautiful, that's, that's where I've been spending a lot of my off time at, so can't complain. Well, we've spoken about you, you know, bouncing around a few different leagues after your time in college. What's what's the focus for you individually? What's your hopes? What's your dreams? Um, you, you just focusing on your time here in Perth, or have you got future aspirations elsewhere? Uh, right now, I'm just really just focusing on where I'm at. You know, I'm trying not to, I, I feel like in the past, I've kind of focused it, focused on like the future and it didn't go my way. And I, I ended up upset when I really didn't need to be upset. So I'm just really just focusing on, you know, taking it a, a day at a time and loving Perth right now and just, just enjoying it and just trying to get ready till my family gets here so I can, then I'll be uh, complete.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have been a man on the move. You haven't been in too many places for too long, have you? A couple of years there uh, in Jerusalem, and that was a uh, that was about it uh, when you were playing uh, in that particular team. Uh, and so, for you now, your family gets here, that support network around you. But then let's get back on the court for our Perth Wildcats. You have been a bloke that. Um, a few or a couple of weeks ago now, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure rolled your ankle. You missed a week. Are you physically feeling really good now? You're back to your back to where you need to be on that front. Yes, I'm, I'm feeling. I'm not. I'm not going to 100 percent, but you know, I'm, I'm close. I'm getting to where I want to be. You know, uh, I, like before. I, before I rolled it, I had rolled it in preseason, and before I rolled it again, I had really started getting to where I wanted to be at before that happened. So I kind of feel like I'm like finally getting back to that point where I'm like, okay, I'm starting to be able to move and feel comfortable and everything with it. It's just a day by day process, and I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I just know it won't take too long. You've got a couple of games coming up in Melbourne. Have, have you watched the tape on the Phoenix? Your first game, which is tomorrow night. Um, what what are their strengths? They're going to bring and how are you going to beat them? Uh, they have, uh, they're pretty talented. You know, they've uh, had some, they battled some injuries as well this year and they're, they're kind of getting their guys back and looking pretty good. They're talented just like, you know, every other team in the league. I just feel like we have to kind of match their physicality. They have a big guy, Alan Williams down there that's going to, you know, give us a, you know, give us a, a little challenge down there. So I think we just have to be ready to, 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 to answer to that. And I feel like we'll be fine. Hey, Tashawn, the one thing that you've been pretty ordinary in as a team in the last couple of weeks is uh, from long range, uh, from the three, uh, from the three zone. I think you only got seven or twenty-five at about twenty-eight percent last week. Has that been any uh, anything that you've practiced uh, as a group during the week by any chance? Uh, nah, I don't. I, I think uh, we're at a point now, you know, with basketball that you kind of understand some nights is going to fall, some nights is not. Like, you know, just when we played cans, I think we broke a record for most three-pointers made on the road or something like that. Or, so, like, you can't really – I don't think you really can harp on it like that. It was just one game, just trying to just be ready for the – when you get your next shot, to be, able, be ready to knock them down. Good on you, mate. Thank you very much for the chat. Take care and good luck uh, for tomorrow night. All right, thank you. Have a good one. Good on you. To Sean Thomas there, nice to have him in town, one of the Wildcats imports and fantastic to see our Perth Wildcats and uh, you can get behind the Perth Wildcats, Will, this season. You head to ticketech.com.au right now. He's a good talker, good basketball player too, MVP over in Israel there and spent some time at the University of Houston, University of Oklahoma, so can play the big fella. Now, uh, just having a look at uh, the results that have happened so far tonight and the Brizzy Bullets getting the job uh, done, uh, 86 to 61, comprehensive over the Illawarra Hawks and currently it is Zimbabwe that are batting and they've got off to a really good start. No wicket for 42 in the fifth over. So uh, it's going to be a pretty hard chase for Pakistan if they keep going at that rate, Eight point. Six nine and over. Back soon. Sports day for Kia, the Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. 
Welcome back to Sports Day. Great to have your company, KO. You can watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. And I can tell you that uh, the South Africans have had a big win against Bangladesh. And the game is underway between Pakistan and Zimbabwe at Perth Stadium. We'll update that shortly. But let's get into a yak with Sammy Whiteman, who's been doing some great things for West Australian cricket. Sheffield Shield Clash against Queensland getting underway at the Wacker Ground starting on Monday. And he joined us. Sammy, welcome, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Uh, nice to have you on the program. A pretty good start, I think, uh, across the board. Um, on the back of last year's success, uh, there seems to be a very keen appetite amongst your group to go back-to-back and make your mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, a pretty good start to the year. Uh, obviously, the first first year game at the Wacker was a, a really good win against New South Wales. And um, well, last week at, uh, in Melbourne was a bit of a long a week, but um, <laughs> got away with it. Got away with a draw on an absolute road. Um, 170 yards in the field was was good fun. But um, yeah, look, big week this week, and you know Queensland, uh, very good side, so it'd be a good challenge. And then what about you personally, Sam? How how are you seeing them? How's your form? Yeah, I feel like I'm going okay at the moment. Um, sort of a tough one. I've sort of found a diff- few different ways to get out. I got um, caught down the leg side in Melbourne, and. Um, yeah, I felt really good and, and, you know, got run out in the one day. So, uh, it's a tough one cricket sometimes, but, um, you know, try and stick with your process and I feel like I'm hitting the ball well and, uh, hopefully a few runs next week. Just reflecting back to last week, I mean, it was tough on the bowlers, obviously, and you spoke about the number of overs you spent in the field. Would you like to see more competitive pitches produced, uh, in this form of cricket for, you know, all of your futures? Oh, I think so, yeah. Look, I think in the Wacker we're sort of trying to make green wickets at the moment that, you know, um, well, the the first game of the year here was uh, was all done dust in three days. Um, so, oh, look, I think it's good fun to play in those games and um, and get the results. Because, you, you, you know, you're playing four days, you want, you want a result. Um, and I think all credit to Melbourne, they, they really try to make a spinning wicket and it, I think they had 50 or 60 mils a few days before the game, which really... Really cooked them, so um, they they tried to make a good week. Yeah, it just sort of um, didn't quite pan out. And what about national selection, Sammy? You know, we've seen guys like Hanscom and Renshaw, their names being thrown around. Do you, do you feel like your names in the same uh, basket as those guys? Uh, I think that's the beauty of Australian cricket. You're probably only a couple of hundreds away at the right time of um you know being thrown into that conversation um oh look and you could probably say that for five or six of our players um at the moment in western australia and you know that's something we talk about is you know if the team's doing well then you know individual um honors higher honors will come so um but yeah try not to focus on it you, you literally just want to for me is you know catching catching wa is a huge honor and you know if i can do that do that well and open the batting and do my job for the team, um, I'm a pretty happy man. One thing that's always discussed these days, and um, and blokes are a lot more open about it and being encouraged to talk about his mental health, and you know the courage of Will Pukowski to, again, take some time away from cricket. Um, you know, it's really personal for him. But, uh, Sammy, it, it is part of the world these days and something that I'm sure that uh, you guys would discuss regularly down at the Wacker Ground. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and uh, obviously I only saw the news today as well, and um, it's an interesting one because you know saw Will a lot last week, and you know you just you never know, um, and that's 
that's part of the mental health, isn't it? But um, I, I look at something that the Wacker have a huge focus on. We have we have guys, um, staff members who are you know checking in and looking after everyone. So um, I think that's also the beauty of having a squad that's really close as well that we can um, we can keep an eye on each other as well. But it's good to see sports come a long way in in that aspect, and that you know um, we we'll, can have a have a period of time off and get better, and I'm sure we'll be back better than ever. Cricket strikes me as a a real you know team sport, obviously. But you know inside the team, it's really important for you guys to be close to perform well. You know, as captain, is that something you're conscious of, making sure there's real connection between the teammates and everyone knows what's going on in each other's lives? I think so, mate. Yeah, yeah. You've, um, I think it's something we focus on in WA the last few years is you know building those relationships. Um, because it also makes makes the game funner as well when you when you're playing with your mates and um, you're having a good time and that's when you play better cricket as well. So um, we're all a close knit group in WA and and yeah we definitely definitely spend way mu- way too much time together than we probably should. But, um, <laughs> but it doesn't help when you're spending 170 hours fielding. But um, yeah, we, yeah, uh, a close group definitely helps. Good to see Cam Bancroft back making some runs, mate. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's batting really well at the moment. Um, and last week was good, some good reward, getting a hundred. Um, uh, it's amazing. I think it was his twentieth first class hundred, which um, you know sort of flies under the radar, radar a bit because he he scored a fair few hundreds early in his career. But um, yeah, he's been a really consistent performer for us, and and you know he's one of those guys that you know he's in that boat of you know. You string a couple of hundreds together, especially at the start of the season. Um, you never know where it can take you. No, absolutely, mate. Well, thank you very much for the chat. Uh, take care and uh, good luck against uh, the banana benders uh, from Monday. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. Good on you. Sam Whiteman, uh, Sheffield Shield Clash, uh, getting underway at the Wacker Ground. Get behind our boys as they get out there and hopefully get their second win of the season. They're sitting at the moment on the Sheffield Shield table in second place. The banana benders, Carl. Yes. Oh, boy. Correct. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, Queensland are on top, so yes. we've got to, you know, twist them over, get it done. Banana splits, that's yeah. what we want to do. We want to make a mess of them. That's what we want to do down there at the Wacker Ground. Uh, KO, don't uh, risk all your team's matches of the T20 World Cup on KO Sports, and we will be back after a short break, and we'll have a chat to Lene Milan, who plays for our Perth Thundersticks. That coming your way next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, drive car of the year. Thanks to Kia. Welcome back to Sports Day. Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage. Cars of the Year bring you this program. And Will Schofield, Linne Milan, is a young lady who, originally born in South Africa, has made her way to Australia, plays for our Perth Thundersticks, South African hockey player, represented her country in 2015. We're going to find out a hell of a lot more about her as we welcome Linne to our program. Welcome, Linne. How are you going? Oh, thank you so much. I'm really good. How are you guys? All good? Yeah, we're going really well indeed. Now, just take us back. Where did your journey start in the sport of hockey back in South Africa? Oh, many, many years ago. Um, obviously, growing up in South Africa, um, there was a big sporting country, obviously. So, um, yeah, I probably started at age six or seven. And starting to get the hang of it and really took off in probably when I was around 12 years old. So I started very young. 
Um, it's uh, it's not often that Carl Langdon make mistakes, Lene, and I very rarely oh, correct him. But you you were born in the UK, weren't you? Carl said you were born in the oh. South Africa. You were born in the UK, weren't I you? Was, I was uh, correct. I was born in in the UK. Yes. Okay, so what what does that make you then? Born in the UK, lived in South Africa, now living in Perth. What are you? (laughs) Bit of a mixture, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, I moved to South Africa when I was about three years old, so you can't really count the the birthplace, to be honest. So (laughs) most of my life in South Africa. And so have you played internationally hockey across the journey? I have, yes. I've played for South Africa, so I made my debut in 2014, I think it would have been, um, and played up until I snapped my Achilles, actually. So, yes, I have played internationally. You come from quite a sporting family, if I'm not mistaken, Leno. I do indeed, yes. Um, my brother plays cricket, and both my brothers, actually, but um, my oldest brother, he plays professionally, so, yes. Is that from dad? It sounds like dad Dad might have had you girls and guys playing sport at a very young age. Oh, I think my mum and dad will argue a little bit about that one, but um, <laughs> my, dad, my dad takes all the acknowledgement. But, um, yes, my dad was a first-class cricketer himself, so um, you want to say the ball sense did come from him, but... <laughs> My mum's a good golfer, so <laughs> she can also play. <laughs> so this might be a bit of a sticky question for you. South Africa just pulverised their opposition today in the T20 World Cup action against Bangladesh. Five for 205 or so, made 109 off 56 to Cox, 63 off 38. Bangladesh all out for 101. Uh, England get rolled last night, uh, your brother's team, uh, by Ireland under the Duckworth-Lewis method. So uh, there's a lot of Australians that are pretty chuffed about that, given the sledging that we get in this country. And then, of course, well, you've now made Australia home, given that you've been here since 2017 and you've never decided to go back. So Australia got the job done the other day, but in unimpressive fashion. Where's your heart lie, Lene? Oh, that's a hard question. You can't ask me that question, but um, (laughs) that's a bit bit harsh. But anyway... um, Yes, look, South Africa did really well. I was following um, the scores at work, and, I mean, that 205 is brilliant. And it's disappointing by England, obviously, last night. But it will be a big clash tomorrow. I think they're both going to be pretty hungry. So I think it will be it will be a tough one. But, you know, I have to support my brother at the end of the day. So I'll have to support him. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's good. Support the, the water. Yeah, correct. correct. You've got to support the family. <laughs> so uh, back to hockey, you've come off of best and fairest in the WA Premier League and you've won Hale's first ever women's premiership and you're now leading goal scorer for the Thunder Six. It's going well here in Perth for you, hockey-wise. Oh, it's been a really good year and, you know, the support from my club, Hale, has been um, huge, like they've been really good, and also Hockey WA. I mean, um, we wouldn't be able to play these tournaments without these big organisations, you know. So, and all the sponsors we have involved. So, I've really, I've really enjoyed my hockey this year, and yes, it's been a good year. So, hopefully, we can continue on that good 2020.
Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. So, you see, you've been here too long. You're just enjoying yourself so much. You're going to the beach. You've just lost all track of time. So uh, time is uh, just rolling along in your world. Hey, you would have seen today that the West Australian government uh, have sent a posse to the East Coast. $135 million they've pledged to keep the elite hockey program here in Western Australia. It's been here since 1984. They've also made a bid to move Hockey Australia's head office west. Um, look, there's some other hockey players that are based on the east coast of Australia that have wanted it moved to be closer to family for mental health reasons and, and other reasons that are personal to themselves. I mean, here you are, worlds away from your family. Um, your, your siblings are playing in other parts of the world, living out their dreams, playing sport. What do you have to say on that front and how do you feel about the program that you've been exposed to here in Western Australia? Oh, definitely. Look, I can understand it from a way that you are homesick and um, you are missing family and everything, but Perth is such a wonderful place and what a place to have a program like that. I actually watched um, the bid from by, um, by Hockey WA and I think it's absolutely brilliant. And coming from South Africa, um, what Perth and Hockey WA have had to offer um, over the years that I've been here, has, it's been spectacular. And, you know, it, it makes it, it makes you feel like home. So um, it would be very sad to see it go because I think, you know, we've got the weather, we've got the good place, we've got the beaches, we've got everything. Um, it's a good place to live too. So, um, yeah, I, I really hope it stays here. I think it will be really good for Hockey WA. And also, I mean, there's always the risk, you know, there's, some people then from here that are going to be homesick if it gets moved. So it's going to be it's tricky all all way around, but it, it would be wonderful if it would stay here because um, I just think it's a beautiful part of the world and a great part to live too. Uh, very well said there, Lene. We are speaking of Lene Milan. She's with the Perth Thundersticks, who play both men's and women's sides, play their last home game uh, this weekend against the Tassie Tigers down at Perth Hockey Stadium. How do you think that one's going to go, Lene? You uh, got what it takes to get over the line? Oh, definitely. Look, for us girls, it's a must-win clash um, this weekend. We've put ourselves in quite a hard position, but... Um, I have no doubt in my mind with the team that's been picked for the weekend that we can get the job done. And, you know, it's going to show a lot of character by the girls, but I do think we can get over the line if we play a real team game and get it done. And the boys, they've been doing really well. I hope they can continue um, on the big wins they've had. Um, so hopefully we can all get a good win at, on our home ground this weekend, both teams. Absolutely. Yeah, Lene, thank you very much for the chat. Uh, nice to get to know you briefly and good luck for the weekend. Thank you so much and thank you for your time too. Have a lovely day. Good on you. Lene Milan there. Perth Thunder Sticks action gets underway at Perth Hockey Stadium. Curtin University double header from 4.30 on Saturday. Tickets on sale through Ticket Tech with kids under 18 free. Get behind our Perth Wildcats this season. Head to ticketech.com.au right now. We'll come back after the break and have a chat to David Short and we'll get into our Chase for Charity next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. It's that time now to catch up with David Short from Tap Touch. Welcome, Shorty. Nice to chat, mate. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thanks, fellas. Nice to be catching up with you. A really exciting time of year. It is, Shorty. Plenty going on. Uh, no more than the T20 World Cup Australia v England. What's going on there in those odds? 
Yeah, spot on. We're very much looking forward to it. Uh, I think uh, as it sits now, this Friday game with England being beaten by Ireland becomes a must-win for the Aussies. They're dollar eighty-one. England now two dollars. There's so much on the line. Man of the match betting: Warner at eight fifty, Butler nine, uh, Hales there is a ten-dollar chance, and Milan at eleven. But can't wait for all the action there Friday afternoon into the evening. And tomorrow in the NBL, the Perth Wildcats are playing Melbourne. Uh, how do we see that? Yeah, Wildcats going as the faves here. Will a dollar fifty-two, Southeast Melbourne at two fifty-five. Line betting sits at four and a half. Fingers crossed, we'll be cheering hard for the Wildcats to get back onto the winners list. Hopefully, uh, this is a game where they can straighten things up a little bit. What about the Rugby League World Cup? That's uh, that's starting sooner rather than later, isn't it? Who's going to win that one? Yeah, indeed, uh, Aussies ticking along pretty nicely to this point of the tournament. They're a dollar forty-five. New Zealand on the second line at four seventy-five. England at eight. Samoa there at fifteen. All other teams are fifteen and upwards. Tonga there at one hundred and fifties and upwards. But the Aussies so far so good. Plenty of group racing at Flemington. Plenty of rain about too, so we'll be looking for the mudlark shorty, but three group ones, the Coolmore Stud Stakes, the VRC Derby, and the Empire Row Stakes all ahead of us. Big style. Let's kick off with the Coolmore Stud, uh, Coolmore Stud Stakes uh, to start with Carl and In Secret Heads in as our $3.70 favourite here, just in a touch from three eighty. Jack Winnow, five fifty firm at that quote. Buenos Notches at eight dollars in from eight fifty. Cool and Gatter's also an eight dollar chance to the VRC Derby and Barclay Square heads in as a three dollar forty favourite. It's been popular in from three seventy. Sharp and Smart three sixty into three fifty. Mr Maestro five fifty out to six dollars. And the third of the Group One features there at Flemington on Saturday. The star New Zealander Luckrick, the two dollar fifty favourite in front of She's Lickety Split seven fifty. Nimalee nine dollars. One of the best back runners on the day. Like Creek Carlos, uh, three dollars into two dollars fifty. Very popular with the punters. Now, Shorty, there's two big races up at Rose Hill as well that we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, the Nature Strip Stakes and the Golden Eagle, a field of twenty, Shorty. Indeed, for the four-year-olds and some pretty decent prize checks being handed out at the back end of proceedings here as well. Kicking off with the Nature Strip Stakes, Lost and Running two seventy into two sixty. Marzu three eighty to four forty. I don't mind the uh, odds available here about private eye. 550 into five dollars. Thought it was a cracking run when second in the Everest behind Giga Kick and on to the Golden Eagle Light Infantry. This European galloper, Jamie Spencer down to right. It's another runner that's been poleaxed on the day. Four into three dollars thirty now. Really well thought of. Chain of Lightning six dollars on the second line in the Congo at ten. And I wish I win an eleven dollar chance. And a great today out at Ascot. Racing gets underway at 12.24 on Saturday. Two Group 3 events. Race 7 is the Prince of Wales Stakes, but we focus in on the other Group 3. It'll come up second last of the day at three minutes past five, the Asian Bow Stakes. And it's a beauty too, uh, Devoted. It's been easy to back in the head of the market here, 380 to 480. The horse all the punters want to be on, the Alaskan God. It's 850 right into $5 now. Tricks of the trade, six to five fifty. Carly's come a four forty to seven. Last of the line, six fifty to eight. Treasured star, seven fifty to nine. But the punter's very keen to team up with Alaskan God in the Asian Bow Stakes on Saturday. Go on, you shorty. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, we'll have a chat to you on Monday. Absolute pleasure. All the best, Carl. Good luck to you. We'll have a great weekend, guys. Good on you, David Short. There, those with the touch, choose Tab Touch. Better your bet and download the Tab Touch app today. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help on 1-800-858-858 as we get into our Chase for Charity. Brought to you by Greyhounds WA. We're joined by James Broadhurst. Welcome, James. Good, thanks, and good to be with you once again. James, what's happening down at Mandra on Friday night? 
Friday night. Yeah, we've got the final of the Nambalup Cup. That's the highlight race of that meeting down there. And it's a pretty intriguing one, I have to say, guys. Numerous scenarios that could come into play here. So it's pretty pretty difficult one for us to predict. The dog jumping out of box one here, Forge Manelli. Well, he won from that draw last week. And uh, given he's got the same draw this time round, look, he has to be considered. But I think the big guns in this race are out a little bit wider. Now, mate, uh, when you have a look uh, through the programs, uh, coming up, Mandra, on Friday, Cannington Saturday, what's uh, a couple of your best bets for us? Well, for Mandra on Friday, guys, I'm heading towards race five, number seven, Amplified. And, look... Bit of a no-brainer, this one. Get on this dog if you're happy to take the short odds. Didn't really get a look in in last week's All-Star Sprint final, but that was against the very best dogs in WA. In fact, Amplified's been racing against the top for the past couple of months or so. So even though this is a free-to-all, this is a big drop back in competition for Amplified. He loves this track and distances over the 490-metre journey. The wide draw, not a concern for uh, her, I should say. She should be getting her Mojack. Mojo back uh, at Mandra on Friday night, race five, number seven, Amplified. And for Cannington on Saturday night, guys, I'm heading towards race 10 at number four, Iconic Indy. Now, I caught up the owners uh, of this greyhound, Stephen Carley, a couple of weeks back there, first time owners, and they're having a great ride with this dog. They're absolutely loving it. And no surprise, she's not, not a star chaser, but she's been really handy for them in uh, the number of starts he's had so far for them, racing really well. Last week, she hit a bit of turbulence just at the wrong time, but still managed to run on and grab second place. I think with her early speed, she's very likely to lead this one, and she's got a really great record from box four guys, undefeated out of that draw. So like the look of her on Saturday night, race 10 at number four, Iconic Indy. Beautiful, mate. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we will have a chat to you very soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. Good on you, James Broadhurst. Our chase for charity, thanks to Greyhounds WA, racing against motor neurone disease. Will, righto, we need to get some chocolates. What do you got? Well, my rule is I can't deviate. I haven't been able to get it done the last couple. One, two, eight, Quinella, race six in Mandra. So that is the cup. Tomorrow night? Yes, that is tomorrow night, race six. One, two, eight, Quinella. You've got to stick with it, Carl. Okay, one, two, eight, Quinella in race number six, which is the cup tomorrow night. Well, for me, uh, I am going to go eat. Each way in race number two, Prime of Life, paying $5 and $2.35. Get on early, everyone. 25 each way, Prime of Life. And I also like race three, number one, My Last Babe, too. If you want to go one into one, Prime of Life, uh, My Last Babe, at 25 each way, Prime of Life for me in race number two at Mandra tomorrow night. As we get into On This Day, thanks to Barra and O'Day, because the little things are everything, Will. On This Day in 2004, the Boston Red Sox baseball team won the World Series series in the US for the first time in 86 years. That's what happened, Carl, 2004. Done. So there you go. Thank you, Will. Uh, thanks to Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Now, uh, there's been so much sport that's been unfolding. Uh, someone's just SMSed in. What's happening at Optus? Well, I can tell you Zimbabwe, three for 74, uh, off 11.4 overs. They are taking on Pakistan tonight. Zimbabwe won the toss. 
elected to bat. South Africa, 104 run winners over Bangladesh. India, 56 run winners over the Netherlands. And the Adelaide Strikers, winners by 31 runs in the clash that they played a little bit earlier tonight in the WBBL. Been fantastic to have your company here on Sports Day. Toddy Johnson is next here on your radio. He'll take you through until midnight here on 882 6PR. Make sure you call him on 133. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.